Gobble, 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 everybody. (laughs) (laughs) Or... (laughs) Welcome to the Dave Chang Show, part of the Rigor Podcast Network, presented by Major Demo Media. Thank you, Yola Tango, as always. I am sitting in a dark cave of a hotel room here at the Cosmopolitan. I just left a a meeting, uh, and uh, I'm here. I'm here with uh, Chris Yang. You know? And uh, happy Thanksgiving to everybody. Currently, though, it's not Thanksgiving. It, it will soon be in a few days. So technically, we are time traveling into the future, but here in the present day. It sounds like a terrible Marvel X-Men movie already. So if I'm trying to uh, squander time, it's because I am not feeling so 100% right now. <laughs> <laughs> I am looking at you in like a real hangover cave there, man. No, not, not hungover, though. I did have oh. one martini. I did have a a, a bone dry uh, martini, and uh, at the paddock at the Fountain Club where I was last night for the F one race, where I cooked, or I didn't cook. I just put on a chef coat to look like I cooked. Um, the wonderful server said, "Would you like a triple?" <laughs> I was like, "Wow, that's impressive." Wait, wait, wait. That was just the oh, you ordered the martini. I was like, "Do you want a triple?" I was like. Am I miss? Do I not? Do I? Did is this a club that I don't know about? <laughs> you just give off a triple vibe, man. Yeah, I was like, I don't know. I, it's, there are many things in life where sometimes you think that you've reached the the last door in the Hefeweizen principle, only to find out there's another door in the Hefeweizen principle. And I'm just asking the audience right now: is is there such thing as a double and triple martini and a single pour? Like a, a triple martini, there's 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 only so much liquid that can fit into a martini glass. You think, but evidently not. Evidently, you can you can bust down another door and get a triple martini. Happy Thanksgiving, gobble gobble, folks. Um, I saw my first F one race last night, and uh, not even race qualifying. So, just so you know, I'm here because the somebody's going to win, and I'm going to predict that it's this guy named Max Verstappen. You know, I think he's going to win the Las Vegas F1 Grand Prix. And uh, I would like to tell the future Dave Chang and the audience that you can bank on it. <laughs> yeah, some more time travel. You don't really have to time travel to know that Max Verstappen's going to win the Las Vegas Grand Prix. Anyway, let me tell you what a clusterfuck Las Vegas is right now. <laughs> oh, yeah. Woo! Seven months ago, people were really excited. I don't think many people in Las Vegas are very excited about it right now. What what are we what are you looking at? Traffic wise? Everything. I mean, it's just a different ball game. I was even getting a little bit worn down by the hype. I was like, oh. and then they made uh, the Bellagio MGM put up this re- insane structure overlooking the Bellagio Lake fountains. And that's where I was cooking. And I'm so thankful that they moved me from Saturday to Thursday night. Now my obligations are done. So thank you to past Dave Cheng. Thanks, future Dave Cheng, for allowing this to happen. This this this, this uh, time travel Marvel movies are already being becoming too convoluted for you to even keep track of them. <laughs> so so it was uh, yeah. So because it was a practice event, so this is the first time they get to run the track. Here's the thing that I learned with F1: it starts really late. It starts really late. The race is going to start at 10 p.m. Pacific Standard Time on Saturday night. So nobody's going to watch that. <laughs> On the East Coast, 
So the qualifying, so again, it's a three-day, it's really a two-day event. So three-day event. So there's practice, then there's qualifying on Fridays, and the race is actually on Saturdays. Usually in hot desert climates or hot climates in general, the race takes place at night where it's a little bit cooler. I think that in Las Vegas, though, even though it's hot, it gets pretty cold at night and the weather is relatively cold. So that's where there have been a lot of complaints by the drivers because the track's going to be cold. So Thursday is they get a practice round and... uh, all of Las Vegas along the the, the course of the, the the raceway, they've put up grandstands and the most ridiculous food and beverage offers. It's so over the top. It's in, I honestly I, I didn't understand it. So we set up the the team here in Las Vegas and some of the major Dumbo team in in LA. They 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 did all the amazing work. Shout out to Chef James and everyone here at the Cosmopolitan. Since MGM owns the Cosmo, where we have a restaurant. Almost all of the chefs that have a property, that a restaurant on the property, have to, you know, celebrate this inaugural event. So I was moved to Thursday, and I couldn't have been more excited about it. So if anybody from MGM is listening uh, on the hospitality marketing team, I would like to always do my service on Thursday, please. Always. This is this is literally your you're still a college student stacking your classes on yeah. Monday through yeah. Wednesday. One hundred percent. So I'm telling to this evergreen podcast to any future MGM potential listener that works in the MGM department, make sure on the next year's 2024 schedule, put down me, David Chang, as a Thursday chef, uh, you know, participant on the Fountain Club. Whatever. Let's watch you volunteer to do brunch instead. Just get it over with early. No, you know why you can't do brunch? Practice didn't start till eight thirty. Oh, you're you know what time the second the practice? practice? Yeah, you know what time the second practice started? Midnight. Mm. Except here's didn't where happen. things went wrong. There's so much velocity and suction from these F1 cars that they suck. That's how they stay on the fucking ground. They suck. They are literally stuck to the ground. That they suck up like a vacuum. Anything that's off the ground. They recently repaved the Las Vegas course like a month ago, but. Somebody must have taken the Dave Chang school of executing because somebody forgot to button down and lock down all the, 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 the manholes. And I was right there watching. So the entire time I'm grumbling because I got to cook for all these people. And I, I was trying to give my whole like, how do I make this forgettable and easy but delicious? And I think I was doing a good job. I, I'll tell you exactly what happened with the Petrosian caviar guy. We wound up turning our things into Voltron. And serving Wagyu short ribs as taco cups for caviar, savruga. That is the darkest Delicious. arts, man. You found the, the – so you were paired with the Petrosian person originally. but you No, really- no. We're using their caviar. So they bought so many fucking kilos. I saw the video of all the pallets of caviar. I was like, holy shit. It's, it, I, again, words cannot describe the, 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 the stockpiling of luxury and not of everything here uh, right now. So we were serving fried chicken and caviar – and Wagyu, and what else were we doing? Maybe something else? I can't remember. We're next to the Voltaggio brothers, and like every restaurant in Vegas on the MGM property at least is doing some something. Today it's going to be Carbone, and I can't remember somebody else, and tomorrow's going to be like John George on Saturday. But like, we're talking about the width of two football fields above the Bellagio Lakes. Damn. Three floors of two football fields. So that's 600 yards Almost of shit packed. It could fit like 20,000 people. It's massive. So we have two stations and there's probably 
yeah, probably like, I don't know, 20,000 people, I think, on each that could fit totally. So there's a lot of food. Um, so I was supposed to give a speech, and I somehow finagle my way out of giving the speech. So let me just give you the speech that I was supposed to give. So when I was walking into the grandstand, so the guy with the AV was like, hey, uh, Chef Chang, just to let you know, someone's going to ask you to, to, to mic you up so you can give a speech. And I said, listen, you and I both know that we don't want this to happen. I said something like that. He's like, yeah, you're right. I don't want you to do this because I don't want to like set up more stuff. And I said, uh, let me handle the person that you said that is going to talk to me. Sure enough, this is not like seven o'clock. Race starts at 8.30. They come and they're like, hey, you and uh, the Voltaggio brothers, why don't you talk? I was like, listen, people are still trickling in. This is the first time this has happened. This is a historic moment in Las Vegas. It would be a shame, absolute shame to give a preemptive speech about the historic moment of this day with a half, like a, like a quarter, quarter full room as people fill in. Why don't we wait, right? And if by chance we wait long enough and you forget to remind me to do the speech, and I am not able to give this wonderful speech to this room full of people, and nobody remembers it, I consider that a win. Don't you? you are, you're basically the Ferris Bueller of Formula One yeah. in Las Vegas. And it, and it, and it worked. Because you know why? By the time the race started, the manhole blew up. <laughs> so Carlos Sainz, I'm literally right there. So let me backtrack a little bit. So at this point now, we're, we're, we're serving, and like I got to be honest, half the people I thought were awesome, some people were like, yeah, you are. What's that? <laughs> Is that is that your accent or is that their accent? I was like one person that kept on coming back. <laughs> Caviar. Caviar? What's that? <laughs> it looked like little rabbit poops. Caviar? What's that? <laughs> and then we were putting borderlays on the short rib and the same person comes back. He's like, I want mine naked. I was like, oh, all right, all right. You don't want borderline sauce? Nah, I want mine naked. And what's that white thing? We're doing a sliver of turnip. And he's like, it literally, clearly it was from the South. What's that chip? I said, that's a vegetable. He's like, nah, my, my naked. I was like, oh, all right, all right. <laughs> I love this dude. Really nice guy. Came back many times. We fed him a lot of food. Anyway. By this time, I've had a triple martini in one glass somehow that's possible. And now we're, it's, it's fun. Everyone's having a fun time. And then the race starts and someone from the MGM, uh, an executive comes like, hey, Dave, you want to see the race? I'm like, yeah. At this point, I'm wondering, like, why am I even here? You know, <laughs> now that you've, you've moved your cooking responsibility as early as possible, finagled your way out of almost every responsibility, speech, right? <laughs> Because, like, I, I think I made a mistake. I should have given that, like, I could have given, like, a, a Braveheart-like speech to galvanize the, the fucking fans. You know, like, we're fucking making history tonight, folks. We're going to be the first people in 41 years. And 41 years ago, those cars were shit. They were fucking slow <laughs> as fuck. We're going to be the first people to watch cars move fucking super fucking fast. But yeah, so like, that's the thing. What is Braveheart? He's like, we got to fight for our freedom. Let's go charge yeah. the English at the and end I'm of your speech. Uh, yeah. You're just like, now let's all stand here and watch freedom! these cars. <laughs> Everybody open your eyes and look. Yeah. So, so yeah, honestly. So like now, now like, like, I'm just going to turn it. So we go, they take me outside and like all of my curmudgeonness and all of my fucking jadedness disappears immediately. Once I see the first car go, Woo! I was like, oh my God, this is fucking insane. God damn it. it was so like, 
jaw dropping. TV doesn't do it justice. See, you know me, I'm an endorsement, right? I'm the fucking chairman of the board of the endorsement. I was okay indoors. Uh, you know, I was like, I was like, oh, this is pretty good. This is sort of awesome. I can be indoors watching it from indoors outside. And then I began to realize like, this is like sort of, this is not just sort of me. This is amazing. And everywhere I look is unbelievable fucking food. Crab legs, lobsters, ca- caviar, caviar everywhere. <laughs> what am I, what am I complaining about? Anyway, that first car goes by. I was like, oh my God. Almost ineffable feeling to see the raw power, sound, smell. You can literally smell the tire fucking burning, you know? Mm. And then you're like, it's so fast. You're like, zoom, 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 zoom. <laughs> You know, you're like, just like okay. that. Anyway, but they only do like nine, like nine, nine. It only goes on for eight minutes until that Carlos Sainz Ferrari and the Ferrari, by the way, they, for the practice round, they were going the old school Ferrari in the Marlboro logo. It was fucking oh, the sick. Li- the Marlboro livery. That's yeah. Awesome. That's it was so, so sick. sick. I wanted to smoke cigarettes so bad. <laughs> God damn. Cigarette marketing really works. <laughs> I was like, I want a Marlboro Red right now. I don't know why. <laughs> All right. So re- does this, does this re-rank? You've done this before on the show. Re-rank your live sports experiences. Like what does this crack the top five now? It's hard to describe. To it? It's hard to describe the power of it all. Yeah. And it's not in a normal sense, a sporting event because it moves so fast. Mm-hmm. But every time a car would go by, you're reminded that these guys are doing something so extraordinary that it defies any rational thought or understanding. They, especially because you're on the straightaway, they're going 225 miles per hour. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I, I'm just like, you immediately think like, I could not do that. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that's the yeah. reminder that you're watching people. This is all happening instantly. You're watching people at the peak of their craft, and there's literally only 20 people or 90 people and then Logan Sargent that are trying to figure out. God, dude, shots fired. This Logan Sargent always catching straight. Listen, strings, listen, Logan. This is how we make you better, motherfucker. Tiger parent your shit. I don't think All it's right? going to work. Fuck, fucking Logan Sargent. This is what you get for not having tiger parents. You're dead fucking last, motherfucker. <laughs> is there something crazier about seeing F1 in Vegas, especially because you've spent so much time on Las Vegas Boulevard going five miles an hour in traffic, and now these cars are literally oh, going yeah. on the same yeah. street at 200? It's, cra- it's crazy. It really is crazy. And what's also crazy is how much it fucks up trying to get anywhere. <laughs> like, you're, you're stuck. Wherever you are in Las Vegas, you are stuck. Because you ain't going anywhere. So if during the race, there's no there's no cars crossing Las Vegas Boulevard. There's like no getting to the hotels by car. Is that how it works? You can use the back roads, okay. but it's almost impossible to leave. All right. Interesting. It's very strange. It's it's a surreal experience, I gotta say. To see something that is already a monstrosity of like lights and crazy shit turn into something even more. And people are getting fucked up. <laughs> super chunk <laughs> super chunk so it was crazy it was a very strange thing i think it's only gonna be more for friday and tomorrow night man i don't even know like i'm not even gonna go on saturday 
I have no desire because it's going to be so crazy. I already got my fill. I so again, so so it started from eight thirty. Only eight minutes passed. Somebody forgot to do the checklist and battened down the manhole and blew up Carlos Sainz's car, who's getting totally fucked, by the way, because now he's got to get a 10 point, 10, 10, 10, uh, 10 place, what a 10 place deduction for some mother stupid F1 rule. I'd be so pissed (laughs) if I was Ferrari. Anyway, this is not a F1, right? Analyst analysis. And then I'm like, they, they say canceling, we're canceling practice one. And I'm like, that's terrible (laughs) for Carlos Sainz and the drivers but really good for me. <laughs> Speech canceled. Speech canceled. <laughs> I, I spoke it into existence. <laughs> I know. I mean, by literally delaying my speech, I made a miracle Christmas miracle happen the week before yeah. Thanksgiving. You so thank you, Santa Claus in the future. Thank you for making my Christmas miracle happen. Maybe the only happy person in Las Vegas at that moment. <laughs> That's yeah. you right there. Yeah. Just oh, incredible. So, I mean, I, I, I landed the plane listener. You're probably like, where are we going with this? I'm just saying, you know, I've landed the fucking plane and I didn't get to do the speech. You know what? We finished up. We left. Thank you to everybody that showed up. Everybody was wonderful. All the guests, all the clientele, especially the staff at MGM were fucking top. It was amazing to see. And I was done. And then they didn't know if the, there's another practice. So the second practice was going to midnight. Guess what? The second practice didn't start till three in the morning. Oh, they did it. They did it. At 3 a.m. Was, was it loud uh, as fuck at 3 a.m.? That's insane. I don't know. I was fast asleep by then. <laughs> <laughs> so, so here's the thing though. So like, Man, like, I, I really did have a blast. This whole thing was so much fun. I think that if you have the opportunity to see the F1 race, you should. If you have the means or know a connection through corporate or whatever, like what the MGM put up, you know, I'm not just saying this. It's, like, ridiculous, and the staff did an amazing job. I was blown, literally blown away at the, the level of execution and and uh, sort of just, like, I, don't, I just don't know how they got it done. Anyway, I'm leaving now. I get changed. I, I, I have a drink. Uh, I have a, on the way out, I grab a king crab leg, a lobster tail, and a, um, a pork sandwich. But it wasn't like a pork sandwich. It was like a pork au jus, right? Like a French dip, but with pork. It was delicious. And I'm bringing it down, and uh, I meet some of the exec team, or the culinary exec team, and we're hanging out. And then I go, I'm downstairs under the whole thing. I'm on the water. I have a picture. On the Bellagio Fountain Lake you're talking about, like standing on that. They've built this structure on top of that. So I don't know if you could see that. So like. Oh, that's insane. Right. Oh, you're I'm literally on the, you're- on the water. That's the structure. You know what? I'm looking at those balloons. These giant balloons. And they're not, yeah, gi- they're not small. They're about like, I would say like 50 feet, 45, 40 feet high. For over those 20, I don't know, two football field lengths, three stories high of people. And the bathrooms are so fucking nice. Like, they were nicer than any temporary bathroom I've ever seen. That's including Augusta National. They were so fucking nice. I thought Augusta National had the nicest fucking public temporary bathrooms I've ever seen. No. Wait, this what, was like... Wait. What are the balloons? What are, what are the balloons? That's where all the piss and shit went. Wait, what? Oh, yeah. those are just big-ass, like, colostomy bags. Yeah. That's insane. And I got to say, I know this sounds terrible. It's the highlight of my whole fucking day. (laughs) Wait, those are literally just giant 
Because I kept on thinking, I'm, I kept on thinking, I was like, this whole thing is engineering masterpiece. But the most important job is the person that has to clean this out every day. So I asked all of these questions about it. I was like so fascinated by this because of the poop doctor, you know? And they're like, at 8 a.m., somebody's going to empty it out. And I'm like, man, like, if this is like only Thursday and it's like half full, man, like, I think they're going to have to come like several times on Saturday. (laughs) This is is part of your F1 experience. You wandered into the subterranean part of the structure directly under the shitters where there were just giant bubbles full of pee-pee and poo-poo. It looked like a beer. They like, like, look like a, like a brewery, but it was all, you know, excrement. All right. I'm not going to talk about that anymore, but again, quick shout out to the entire executive culinary team of the MGM. Like, they're fucking awesome. Very excited that we get to work together on all kinds of things. You're done with responsibilities. Are you doing other fun stuff? What do you have on tap for the next two days? What I have done has really been funny. I have been eating all of my meals at the Talon Room here in the Cosmopolitan. The reason being is they have, um, there's a lot, when you have big events, that means that there's high rollers coming. And when high rollers are coming, a lot of them happen to be Asian. Mm-hmm. And the every casino on the strip has like not every but have a high limit asian sort of gambling room i am asian that's my card but i'll tell you something that happened today i had a meeting with uh, marguerite earlier today and they finally carded me they asked for my player's card wow think they're on to me they're on to me so now i feel okay talking about it because i don't you're not allowed in there anymore you were just baking on the Asian part of the high roller room. So I've, I've been eating a lot of kanji, and uh, this is how I know it's like a special week. They had bitter melon soup in there. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, that's the most crazy thing I've ever yeah. heard. I was like, is that fucking bitter melon soup? I was like, damn, there must be some high rollers here today. <laughs> and then Some uh, Chinese then, whales for sure. Yeah. And then there was mapo tofu. I'm not, I'm not joking. I've had all of my meals there. I tried to dress the part like, I'll be seeing you at the Baccarat table. But really, I'm just trying to stuff my face. <laughs> oh, that's incredible. And uh, today, they had spam fried rice. They had spam bokumbap. And this is after I had a bowl of uh, egg drop soup, which was delicious, and a um, bowl of kanji. And that was my breakfast. I had a breakfast and a cup of coffee. Once I saw them rolling in the cart for like food food, they had roast duck and like spam fried rice. And I was like, dude, I got to get some of this. It was delicious. I'm pretty sure it's the chef from Red Table upstairs. Who's the best chef? I'm just going to say it right now. Best, best Chinese food in America. At Red, Red Table. Table. That's a good ass restaurant. No joke. Best Chinese food, best Cantonese food. And I know that everyone is going to say, no, this casino is like, no, I think this fucking guy is, is the real deal. I think he was the protege of the original guy that the Bellagio brought, but the mentor, the mentee has passed the mentor. This fucking, this dude is legit. The apprentice has become the master. The apprentice, is yeah, it yeah. all Asian food? I, what, what, just, I, I have to know this. You say it's, there happens to be a lot of Asians in the high roller room, like percentage. What are we talking about here? 90% Asian. <laughs> So what happens? So like caviar guy wanders in there. What does he eat? Caviar guy's not gambling in that room. (laughs) But that's not to say I was this breakfast. I saw a dude really throwing a lot of money around. And I think he was some tech bro. 
Cause mm-hmm. he, I was, I was really impressed. I was like, that is folks. You don't understand. Like one of my great thrills in life is watching people gamble obscene amounts of money. That is just so wrong. It gives me such a thrill to see. And the weird thing is I'm hoping they lose every fucking hand. <laughs> And I saw it today. This guy had a lot of, lot, a lot, a lot going on. And I was like, wow, that's all I need to say. <laughs> As you're just sitting there eating your kanji, yeah. just yeah. watching. <laughs> no, I mean, you know, the reason I can talk about this now is like, I know I'm not allowed back in. I've been blacklisted. I know it. I think the facial recognition software and all the casinos have banned me from eating at any more high limit rooms. That's really good. Where, where am I going to get my free kanji now? That's really good. That's really good that you got banned. (laughs) You're on on a list at a casino just as do not let this guy eat any more kanji. It's a rare list to be on. They asked for my player's card. I was like, oh, shit. This jig is up. That's it. I'm I'm over. It's over. It's like, catch me if you can. It's like, all right, you got me. (laughs) I'm not not an Asian tycoon in textiles. What business are you in? Import, export. <laughs> shipping. <laughs> it's always shipping and imports. That's always the business. Like what kind of stuff? Don't worry about it. Anyway, we'll take nice. a break. Apple Card is the perfect cash back rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple, 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co forward slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City branch, subject to credit approval, terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Pure Leaf Iced Tea. Great iced tea takes you somewhere else like new Pure Leaf Blackberry Iced Tea that we have here at the Spotify Studios and drink quite a bit where unexpectedly blackberry flavor transports you to a very delicious place. So refreshing you may never want to leave. You will eventually have to though, but take your time. Try new Pure Leaf Blackberry Iced Tea. Visit Amazon.com slash Pure Leaf and enter 20 Pure Leaf. That's 20 Pure Leaf for 20% off your purchase of new Pure Leaf Blackberry Iced Tea. Well, guys, that was a very long uh, 30-minute prelude to this podcast. But boy, if you are bored talking to your relatives, we got got a bonanza of a show that has hasn't even started yet. Or maybe you're cooking Thanksgiving dinner right now. Just listen. We should just put a we should just put a message on the podcast on Spotify and Apple. If you don't want to listen to a lot of gobbledygook, just go to 32 minutes into the podcast. Gobble gobbledygook. Gobbly gobbledygook. Ooh, well done. Listen to that liter the English major coming through. <laughs> Christine, that was your best thing. Yeah. That was your best pun you've ever done in your life. Congratulations. Dave Edgars would be so proud of you. <laughs> I'm going to write him a letter and tell him about that it. That was truly a heartbreaking work of staggering genius if I've <laughs> okay, ever heard of Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> what do we have today? Three things to remember on the big turkey day. Number one, you, might, you have to make sure that someone else is going to do the dishes. If you're doing the cooking, you better make sure. You better make sure as an agreement, an ironclad agreement. You look that person in the eye and you say, once I'm done cooking, I am not doing a goddamn thing. And that's what you say. That is a pact we're all going to make for all the people making that fucking food. You look, whoever else is in the house, you look them in the fucking eye and you shake their fucking hand. You say, 
swear, swear on your fucking life that you will not allow me to touch a sponge, a towel, mop anything fucking down. That's it. You make is that anybody fucking else is anybody else uh, excluded? Does anybody else have a pass on dishes and cleanup at Thanksgiving other than the cook? No, I don't give a shit if you're, you know, don't, don't <laughs> every able body is, is all, like, it's like a draft. It's like a fucking military draft, except that like, you're not needing able-bodied young men to do this. Anybody with a pulse, you don't fucking yeah. clean up duty except me. Yeah. Anybody from age seven to 110 is oh, even seven. <laughs> younger, 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 younger. <laughs> All right, fine. If you can stand, you can clean. Yeah. Except me, I'm going to be sitting down. I'm going to be watching football. And I don't give a shit if you give me a score and look. I fucking work my motherfucking ass off. You clean this shit up now. That's rule number uh, one. Full agree. Rule number two. When nobody is looking, especially if it's a potluck and you're not at your own house, you got to get the first, you got to, and you got to time this right. This is, this is a two parts, two part number two. If visiting another person's home, you have to find the right time to get your leftovers. What is the right? Before part? anybody else. I think it's right in between the moment. You got to look at everyone that is only going for one plate of food. And the people that only go for one plate of food, you can't trust them. You can't trust them. Because either they ate very little or they were so stupid because they overloaded their plate the first go round that they blew their shot and their load. They're, they're out. You can't trust anybody that doesn't have that judgment to figure out how to do a multiple plate Thanksgiving. They're out. Uh-huh. Hey, let me ask you a quick digression on this. If you're staying, if you're going to the, if it's a potluck situation and every, a bunch of people have brought different dishes, are you doing the courtesy of getting a little bit of everybody's dish, even if you don't want it? Absolutely not. <laughs> what if they're standing the, No, it's what not a you standing went? next to their dish. You know what of, Thanksgiving is? It's not a celebration of communism and socialist ideals. No, it's about me, me, me. <laughs> What? <laughs> this is a great Thanksgiving toast you're giving to <laughs> Thanksgiving is about me, 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 and I'm not doing any fucking dishes and I'm not eating your goddamn green beans. <laughs> Thanks for coming. Yeah. I mean, like, listen, I think it's better to be honest about, and also, honestly, I think a little bit, long-term respectful by not taking food and not eating on your plate, I think is more disrespectful than literally just like, you know, not taking it at all. You know what I mean? I don't think so. I think, I think, I mean, you're, you're a strong, you're a braver man than I am. If, if my uncle is standing there, who's judging, like, who's judging me? My, oh, how come you didn't take any of the pig's blood with bean sprouts? <laughs> I'm just like, ah, cause it's fucking gross and I don't want to eat yeah, it. Yeah. I'm going to say that. <laughs> I'm going to say that. Cause you made it. And again, Thanksgiving is about me, me, me. Yeah. And you know why you can say that? You're not going to see this fucking person again for another year. Maybe more. <laughs> You're just basically a fucking stranger. Yeah. <laughs> Tell your kids not to talk to this uncle. <laughs> All right. So you got to be first the leftovers. You got to, you want to, I think the thing you have to corner right off the bat is the, the stuffing. Yeah. All right. And here's the arbitrage move. This is my real... Jim Cramer advice for Thanksgiving. 
This is this is going to be the move this year. While I I do appreciate the turkey leftovers, and clearly at this point, after making so much Thanksgiving like food over the past two months because of the Thursday night football game, I'm not I'm not excited to eat any turkey ever again. I think regardless, the move this year, right? The sector that is underweight and you should buy a lot on is the spiral ham. Oh, so yeah. you want to you want to take because I, I think this year most people are going straight ham. I mean straight turkey. So you're gonna you're gonna have ham, buy ham all day. I'm take all that shit. I want ham, I want to take my green bean casserole, and I want to take my stuffing. You gotta take your stuffing first. Cause I think this year people are gonna go like overloading on stuffing. I, I I see that, I, especially with turkey, man. You're buying you if you are if you're loading up a turkey, you are buying so high on turkey, and that is gonna the value of turkey is gonna plummet forty eight hours later. Ham, ham is a great investment. You pick up some extra ham, that's gonna get you to the weekend. And this is my third advice for the three things: when you take your stuffing, your container, and also whatever container it is, you know, I would also we've talked about this before. You need to. Uh, this is when visiting someone's house, you need to bring your own container. You need to bring your own container just in case it's in your, your trunk of your car. You're just a straight up and, psychopath guest. At Thanksgiving. <laughs> and, and, and at this point, at this point, if you really wanted to be, you know, a ninja about this, you're going to bring some any days. All right. This is my advice though. When stuffing, like packing your stuffing, this is, I think the, like the tip of the year, right? You want to make it almost like a, a, a three-layer cake when you're packing in your stuffing. But you want to pack a layer of gravy on top of your stuffing and then pack stuffing on top of that gravy and then another layer of gravy. You may say, why? Well, you're going to put it in the refrigerator and it's going to congeal and get cold. Mm. So the problem with stuffing, I will say on the reheat, is that it can be dry because you've usually reheated it and a lot of that moisture has gone out. The super pro move, and I've been thinking about this, because I haven't done it yet. This is, this is, I'm going to test this hypothesis. If you almost make it like a savory stuffing trifle or like a tres leches cake. Hmm. And I then more, you, it's like brick and mortar. You're building a building yeah, out of stuff. A little, with a little bit. Yeah. yeah, a little bit. But by, by that time, you, however you reheat it, which is why I suggest in any day, if it's in any day, you don't need to scoop it out. But when you scoop out the stuff and you want to make sure you get down to the, 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 the bottom of the container. Mm-hmm. And then when you reheat it in the microwave, Get all the layers, yeah. You're going to get the layers, and each bit of stuffing is going to be moist. Okay. See, I, I take it back. I when, when you first made this this uh, suggestion, I thought that this was the most sociopathic thing I'd ever heard. I was picturing you showing up with a plastic bag of old margarine containers and sour cream containers like my mom would. But now I'm loving this. Roll up with any days. Make a little trifle of gravy and stuffing. Pack it tight. I love this. This is a great move. This is this is a strong move. Okay. Alternatively, we have a lot of recipes on Matridomo YouTube, and I think some of it is going to be living on Amazon. You want to have a good Friday of eating. Black Friday eating is the best eating as far as I'm concerned. Main reason, you don't have to talk to any relatives you don't want to see ever again for another year. <laughs> you can eat in peace and silence. Happy holidays, everybody. <laughs> it's true, though. We'll have a lot of those recipes on our, on our YouTube, and you're going to see them on uh, Amazon Prime, too. What Do you have any stock tips for Thanksgiving? 
I'm so sick of. Yeah, you know, can we get the can we get the Jim Cramer bell and like <laughs> the sound effects for the next new bit that we've just created? <laughs> and on this uh, on this uh, video feed, we just need all kinds of shit scrolling everywhere. <laughs> just a little ticker across the bottom. Oh, TKY is up. <laughs> HAM is going way up today. Yeah. No, I'm so sick of Thanksgiving, man. We've done it so many times now. All right, we're done. But remember, some Amazons, if you're listening, some Amazon, some Whole Foods are open. And if you didn't buy your bread, if you didn't buy everything that you need to buy, go out and buy it so you can make our leftover Black Friday sandwich in the another inaugural event, the first Black Friday game ever on Prime Video. Here's the thing. Even if you're not a Prime subscriber, you can watch it for free on Prime Video streaming. And so, you're burying the lead here because if you're listening to this show, you should be watching this tomorrow because, Dave, you're back in the crew. You're cooking pre-game, post-game, and starting a whole new thing at the end. So watch the hell out of that. I'm hoping that whatever I make tomorrow is going to reframe Thanksgiving moving forward for the, all of America. It's going to be that pork blood and bean spreads we were talking about. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'm hoping that, uh, you know, future Dave, me, doesn't <laughs> cut himself on TV, doesn't burn himself on TV, doesn't curse on live TV, and doesn't make food that is terrible, and doesn't make a sandwich that falls apart in what I believe will be Tua Tagliolova's hands. Or I can also give you a guarantee. I think, I'm not think, I believe Aaron Rodgers is going to play on Friday. Yeah. Proof of the, the, the power of prayer and positive thinking. Five S's have please. told me something. Five yeah. S's have told me Aaron Rodgers is going to play. Right. He's, he's sad. The prophecy has come now. true. <laughs> the scion has returned. Aaron Rodgers. Quack. That's your boy. That's your boy, Cal Bear Boy. No, I disown that dude, man. Come on now. No, nah, man. You love him. I told you you should have taken Marshawn, but you chose Aaron Rodgers. And I, his, I, you chose him and his immunized ways, all right? <laughs> he's immune to criticism. That's the only thing he's immune to. He's immune to rational thought. Hey, head. you know what we should do next time we do uh, – Next time we do uh, a PFF, Pro Football Food Weekly, we should wear the Pat McAfee black tank tops, all of us. (laughs) And stand up. We have to stand up while we're doing the whole thing. Lean on the table. (laughs) (laughs) That's a good McAfee. That's a really good McAfee. It's like like nobody taught him how to clap. Ladies and and gentlemen, it's like Aaron Rodgers. It's like he learned to to clap his hands from a harbor seal. All right, we'll take a break from making fun of Pat McAfee. (laughs) This episode is brought to you by Vital Farms. No matter how you like your eggs scrambled, over easy, or sunny side up, the people at Vital Farms believe in one thing, keeping it bullshit free. That's why their pasture-raised eggs come from hens who each have over 108 square feet of space to roam and forage all year round. So you can spend less time questioning your food and more time enjoying it. Look for Vital Farms in your grocery store and learn more at vitalfarms.com. Vital Farms, keeping it bullshit free. 
Apple Card is the perfect cash back rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple, 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co forward slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City branch, subject to credit approval, terms apply. This episode is brought to you by cars.com. When you add your car to your garage on cars.com, you'll unlock access to real-time insights into how much your car is worth. Plus, view its historical and projected value to decide when to sell. So when the time is right, you can secure an instant offer from a local dealership or sell it yourself on cars.com. Start tracking your car's value with your garage on cars.com. All right, you know, what do we got here? Fellas, it's time for Restaurant Balderdash. All right. So, you guys have played this game before. Uh, this game takes two contestants, one diner and one guesser, and the diner describes an experience they had. The guesser must then guess whether or not the diner actually had this experience. So, we've got one diner, one guesser. The diner has a floor to describe their experience, and the opposing guesser must guess whether or not this experience actually happened. If you guess correctly, the point goes to the guesser. If you guess incorrectly, the point goes to the diner. All right. Hopefully, uh, all those rules made sense just now. All right. First is Dave. Okay. Dave. Scars Pizza in New York. In their words, pizzeria with retro looks, serving pies, slices, and subs made with modern ingredients. Scars Pizza, Dave. You're up. I think Scars Pizza opened up like 2018, 2019. I believe it was in another location in the Lower East Side of New York, a location that I've never been to. It gets a lot of reviews. It's where a lot of the hipsters go and the Gen Z, those, those youngsters, they tend to like it because I think it's very Instagrammable. I think it's very similar to a pizza that the Shady Pines guys in Sydney, Australia opened up, um, which was a bar slash pizzeria. It has a throwback vibe, but that's what people say it's got a throwback vibe. But I think it just looks like a pizzeria with a bar and a lot of Gen Z people in there. So uh, they got square pies. And they have regular pies, but people go there for the square pie. And I had a delicious pepperoni square pie. And uh, what else did I have? I had another pie, but I don't remember the round pie that much. And uh, I ate it in a corner of the bar, like the bar area. That was my Scar's Pizza experience. It was delicious. What's the, how's this game played? <laughs> no, I'm just thinking. All right, Chris. Did, did he go really there or did he not go there? I. <laughs> Based on some linguistic clues, I'm going to say Dave has never been to Scar's Pizza yet. Wrong! <laughs> you actually went there? That's a real experience? You stood in a quarter and had a pepperoni slice? How do we verify this part? You know, this game is broken. <laughs> you know, but at 11, the reason is, is I stayed at the number nine, park number nine or nine hotel in um, Hipsterville downtown on Dime Square. And uh, it's like right next to the hotel. And I had already eaten a 99 cent slice of pizza. And then I didn't realize Scar's Pizza was there. And I walked around because it was like 10.50. It opens up at 11 a.m. And I said to myself, oh, I'll just walk around because I was headed to the airport. And uh, by the time I walked around the corner, it was 11.01, the block. And by the time 11.01 happened, it was like, Williamsburg threw up in line, in the line. 
So but you, it wasn't just Williamsburg. It wasn't just Williamsburg from actual Williamsburg. It was from globally every fucking city that has their Williamsburg. All of those people were in line at Scar's Pizza. So it was a UN of Williamsburg uh, hipsters. And I was a little upset because literally there was like 15 people. And uh, I, I should have just, uh, and, and uh, I saw them leaving. Somebody left with like 16 boxes of pizza. And I was like, well, that's a strong move. Someone I did it right. Say, you did an incredible job just now of delivering a fake experience mm-hmm. that was disjointed and mm-hmm. <laughs> seemingly mm-hmm. ridiculous. Mm-hmm. It's a double mm-hmm. fake. But so when I walked in there, there was actually, there was a bar and like, listen, like, uh, it's it's clearly everyone that works there is like they're there because they're cool. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. working at Scars is a badge of like I'm fucking cool. They do make really good pizza, and I thought to myself, I was like, eh, maybe if I started to make pizza, I could make pizza. You know what I mean? Like maybe I was like, I'll fucking make pizza, and then I was like, no, I'm not. But it, it, you know, it 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 just seemed to me that I was too old to be there. But the pizza was very good, and I ate way too much. Before I before my flight, but I really did eat there. And here, you know why? You know why I didn't take? I'll tell you why. This is how you know that I went there, Chris Yang. I didn't take a photo of the food because everyone there was so cool. I had to be cool myself. Mm-hmm. Taking a picture, you were looking like a doofus. You were showing your your age. That's how you. That's how you know I was legit there. <laughs> this game needs. Okay, you know, we need a. There has to be this. Okay, so Dave has been there, but if he hadn't been there, we actually need to build in like a 10 second break before the person just launches into it. Because if it's just like you got to just make up whatever shit on the fly, it's going to be hard. I just did that. Either way. But you had been there. But I tried to make it up that I wasn't there. <laughs> I know, which was easier because <laughs> you had been there. <laughs> All right. Okay. All right. So, Chris, you're up. And I'm going to go to LA. Suan Gaibi. In Los Angeles. He definitely hasn't gone there. Korean barbecue fans fire up combo plates of beef, short ribs, and pork. He he can't do that. I can tell by his face he didn't fucking go there. What? What? Dave, you can't guess before Chris does his spiel. I I looked at his face. (laughs) And his face told me. Listen, I'm just telling you folks. If Chris Ying was able to control his facial reactions to the point where he could give me a poker face and bluff me. If he was that talented at doing this, Chris Ying would be the most powerful person in the world. I mean, this but, is also- yeah, no, Chris Ying is not the most powerful person in the world. Therefore he cannot have actually fooled me with this facial tick. Well, there's like this, the thing about this is like, even if I had gone here, I, I was, there's no way I could convince you that I have been to this restaurant. Even if I had gone and tried to tell you I got this restaurant, there's no fucking way I could convince two Korean guys that I had gone to this restaurant. No fucking way. What? I could own this restaurant and try to describe it. You still wouldn't believe that I had gone to this restaurant. Suwon, call me. What are you talking about? I can't do this one. All right. Okay. I'll, I'll come up with a different one. Um, let's do Kinjiro in Los Angeles. Chris, please keep your poker face on. A serene setting for Japanese small plates such as octopus ceviche and bone marrow dengaku. All right. So, Chris. Tell me, tell me, tell me when to go. There's only a couple of places I've been. In Los Angeles. And my wife gives me a hard time about this all the time because we've lived here for a year and change. And I've only ever taken her to areas near my office 
and near our house. And it so happens that Little Tokyo, or what is it called here? Japantown, Little Tokyo is, is nearby. And I actually took her here, of all places. So it's like a little izakaya-ish, you know, a pretty extensive menu of cold stuff. And then a few fried things. I think we had like a whole, like whole sardines tempura style uh, at one point. And then my wife loves tataki. And I don't get down with it, but I remember being forced to order tataki. I think it was like a wagyu tataki or something like that. And then uh, we, this is like the, one of the rare occasions that we got to eat without my kids. So we hung out there for a long time and just ordered from the grilled stuff, drank a bottle of sake. Um, and then here's how you know I'm telling the truth. Did not uh, get laid that night because I drank too much sake. That was my Kinjiro experience. Do they have hand towels or? Air dryer in the bathroom. <laughs> they have hand towels or air dryer in the bathroom. They have uh, air dryers in the bathroom. Wrong. <laughs> what? Is that true? I think they have air dryers in the bathroom. You did not eat there. I didn't eat there. I have no idea what this is. <laughs> wow. Holy shit, Dave. I was like, I have been to Kinjiro and I was convinced that he's been there. Holy shit! No way, no way. Oh, there's my no way. God. He got he got he got the bathroom wrong. They have a specific bathroom. There's no way. That's right. What is their bathroom situation? I didn't even fucking think about that. Do that I get bad. points? Do I get points for lying that I've actually been there and lying that I knew about the bathroom? <laughs> no, they actually do. It's like. <laughs> Dude, I'm yeah, I, see what I, I just like, did. I felt like when I was like, when I was like, no, I think they have hand dryers. You looked at me <laughs> with a look of just like, shit. I know he's lying, but I'm also lying. <laughs> so okay, that's, right <laughs> that's insane. Because I legit I like thought Chris recognized the double lie. God damn it! This game is fucking built for Dave Chig. It really is <laughs> the double oh, fucking lie. You lied. I lied back, and <laughs> you held the line on your lie. <laughs> I'm just, no. I actually think they do have a. Oh my god. <laughs> All right, well, whatever. That's that great. was pretty. God, I gotta say, folks, I I, I gotta pat myself on the back because <laughs> I didn't break and I went for it, and there was only one you angle for me left, and I went all. Where left. even are we? You got oh my god, dead caught in the lie, and you still held it, and you you won it because this you knew I hadn't been over the top. I went over yeah. the top, and I that was did impressive. it. Chris was, was so impressive. good. Holy it was shit. very. I honestly thought, man, like when he said the I didn't get laid bit, I'm like that. But he made one critical error, very close to starting a land war in Asia type of error. He prefaced it right. He he gave his like sort of I, I you know why I didn't uh, you know why I, I I was there I didn't get laid. That actually you thought that was going to set you up as like I'm winning this. But that was your Achilles heel. That was that was, that I, was pushed your it, I pushed I pushed yeah. it too far. That was a that was a very nice tactical round though. I, I that was that was uh, that was wild. That was good. I'm stunned. I can't believe you guys actually just did that. But okay, um, <laughs> you, you know it's the only one who's been there. <laughs> yeah, I might literally be the only one who's actually been there. Because it's 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 a really weird build out. Like they've got the girl in the middle and all that shit. So I was like, okay, so has Chris actually been there? Oh my gosh. Okay. So, Dave, you're up 2 nothing. So, the next one wins the whole thing. We might just like skip the rest of the game. So, Chris, you better, you better, you better. I got this. I'm focused in. Into, I'm watching him. I'm watching so some it's verbal. It's a, it's a five game series. 
verbal and, uh, cues here. It's a five-game series, and this is for you, you know. Uh, looks like Chris Ying is playing like the Dodgers in a five-game series. That's not funny <laughs> at all. Okay, moving on. Um, okay. Dave, you get an LA one. Yes, restaurant in Los Angeles is a Japanese restaurant in Los Angeles, California. Established in May 2023. The business was included in the New York Times 2023 list of the 50 best restaurants in the United States. Dave, have you been to Yes Restaurant? Is it? How do you spell it? It's with two S's. Y-E-S-S. Why is it spelled that way? I have no idea. Is it Yes with an exclamation point? (laughs) Yes! Like Marv Albert? Yes! (laughs) This is a gimme round. He's stalling. (laughs) (laughs) Yes! Okay, no, it's it's uh, it's near our uh, it's near us. It's downtown in our studio. I think Addison gave it his restaurant of the year, and in it, he said that the guy who runs it as the chef used to be the chef at Koya in London. And Koya in London, uh, I think it still exists in London. In fact, I, I when I was last there, I tried to get Grace to eat there when I was filming something, but I don't know. Remember if she went, but Koya. Back in the day, in the mid-2010s, was one of my favorite places to eat because they served udon in London. And it was a really, really delicious bowl of udon. And then the chef there left. And I don't remember where he went. Like, they said he moved to Japan. And, like, that was the last time I was there eating uh, his food. And I think it's the same guy that is now at Yes. And he's doing... Udon again, and um, it's a different menu than Koya, but it got restaurant of the year, so it's you know it's a very popular restaurant. I, I have no idea. <laughs> this I can't tell. This is like this is an identical delivery to the last one. Where <laughs> it's I'm just like fake. this fucking guy just spent half his time describing a different restaurant. It's <laughs> not the one in question. And it, if if he fucking pump fakes me again with the same move and and pulls it off, I I I, I can't even begin to. Your boys with Bell Addison. What does this have to do? With maybe I keep storing red herrings, Chris. Like he's just maybe, tossing maybe, red maybe, herrings maybe, everywhere. <laughs> Maybe I was I dining know, with him. Maybe, maybe good why, don't you, why don't you text Bill Addison and ask him if I was dining with him? <laughs> oh, what? <laughs> what? <laughs> Dude, that makes no sense. I think that this is not. I think there's like a certain there's a there's a slight aggression to this one that he didn't have on his first delivery, which leads me to believe. I also think that this restaurant is too hot for Dave to go to right now. Yes. <laughs> and the I next win, not- yes. <laughs> I think <laughs> yes. I wear women's underwear. Yes, um, yes, I like wearing women's underwear. Yes, yes. I am on <laughs> Bite me on the neck. Yes. <laughs> I think. Yeah. I think the answer to this one is no. Davis <laughs> not been to the yes yet. Well, Chris Yang, I went there two weeks ago. <laughs> what? I fucking knew it. I fucking knew it, Chris. I no, I just knew like it's too much when misdirection. Have, when when have you been going to these restaurants? I don't understand. I know your schedule intimately. And there's no fucking time for you to have gone to yes. Yes, I did go. 
and I will show you a photo to prove that I went there. Um, but it, it, it's, asking, right, it, it's right near the Spotify how it was studio. Was the problem asking how it was spelled was the was the red flag. It's right near the Spotify studios. Um, it's super close to us. Anyway, I, I can't find the photo, but I, I legit was there. I knew nothing about it since I don't read anything. Um, I only know that Bill Addison wrote about it because when I was sitting down, the person I was eating with said, Bill Addison just named this restaurant of the year. Because uh, I, I, I literally do nothing about it. I walked in there and the chef there comes up to me. He's like, man, I haven't seen you in a long time. And I'm like, ah, he's like, and then I had to sit down and then I had to like Google the restaurant because I hadn't seen him in like 10 years and he was the chef at Koi. I was like, oh, fuck. I haven't right. seen this guy yet. He's super, super What's talented. Name? June, June, right? Like yeah. June um, I, I have to say that there's also one of our former cooks at Nishi is one of the junior sous chefs. And um, what looked like a Korean stove. Like when you walk in, they have a, a, a setup that's very different. And it's a big, big restaurant, very bright, beautiful wood all wooden. And um, I was like, oh, that's an interesting setup. And there are, it's like a charcoal restaurant. And anyway, we had a fabulous meal. You should go there. It's all preset. All you get to do is choose your main course. And there's some a la carte special options. I had lamb kidney or liver. I've never had, I haven't had that in a Japanese setting before. But he actually installed an old school Korean charcoal oven. So there's no gas they have a gas oven in the back, but everything is done on a traditional Korean oven. It looks like a steamer, but it's hard to describe, but it looks like it's a beautiful thing. But it's, I got to say, the level of cooking on that is very difficult. So shout out to him. I think it's something he really wanted to learn how to do. And everything else is on the sort of a, their their own setup of a binchotan. And I had a fabulous sake where, this is how you know I'm telling the truth. They poured it for us and I, I sounded like a real foodie one of those asshole, dumb motherfucking foodies that think they know everything. And I said to our, uh, my wife and our, our two friends, I'm like, oh, yes, this is definitely uh, one, like an aged sake, right? You can taste it. It almost tastes like sherry. And I was like, oh, man, like, I, I wasn't planning on drinking, but this is, this is really fucking nice. It's really good. And um, I didn't see it on the list. And the psalm comes over and I'm like, hey, where, where is this um, sake? Because everyone loved it. It was a huge hit. And I was like, he was describing it. He was beginning to describe it. And, and only me could say like, yeah, it's a dry, it's, a, it's an aged sake. And he goes, no, it's not. And then I shut the fuck up. <laughs> wow, dude. Yeah, yeah. A true foodie D-back moment for you. Yeah, That's I did really it. Good. I did it. I, I really was. A fuck. I think I spent too much time in fucking LA and not enough time. You know, <laughs> clearly because I only play a chef on TV now or on food events. So I, I I feel like osmosis. I've become a fucking foodie asshole, right? But at least you weren't like, well, I actually is it is it is it from Yamagishi? I actually own a rice paddy there. Yeah. <laughs> and let me tell you, that Yamagishi prefecture is the best because of the rainfall it gets with the mineral deposits from the fucking Yama. Blah, 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 yeah. Anyway, <laughs> they have a kakigori set up there, and I I, I wasn't going to order it because they have a sangria kakigori. The other one they had was a coffee one. And I was like, oh, I can't get it. It's got caffeine. And like, we can make it decaf. And I was like, oh, it was beautiful. It was with coffee. And I, I enjoyed this kakagoi quite a bit. And I will say that what looked like a giant mound of meringue was not. What made it extremely delicious was 
the biggest mound of loosely whipped whipped cream I've ever had in my life. And it made it, fa- <laughs> it, made it fabulous. It's a great restaurant. You should check it out. Uh, yes. So again, um, I win. 3-0. Goddamn. Well played, man. Well played. Well did you guys played. really think that I did not go there? Uh, I really thought that you... I don't know. I guess it's um easier to make it sound like you haven't been when you have definitely been. <laughs> yeah. And I thought the acting was too hammy, Dave. Like I could tell you were just throwing red herrings everywhere. And I'm like, he's definitely been there. And he's just doing this to like try to throw Chris off the scent. But like, it's too much. I was like, this is too much. I, I can kind of. Well, that's it. what I thought. I, I needed to go too much to actually hide the scent of me throwing the red herrings. <laughs> Well played. I had to go overboard. A good game right, of let's, Bash. let's take a break and we'll get into the PFFW, um, the Black Friday game. All right, folks. We are back with the most important football analysis you'll ever have in your life. It's called Pro Football Food Weekly. And we're the laughing stock of football analysis currently because people don't believe in our powerful algorithm. Right, I'm just saying. One day we'll show you. We told you so. That this is the way, the truth and the light, and truly understanding who is the best football team by the food of their cities and the food alone by judging it on the five S's, which is sandwiches, steakhouses, seafood, sweets, and special teams. Um, this week we have the Miami Dolphins, a team that I I root for from the AFC. If I had to root for an AFC team. It'd probably be the Dolphins against the New York Jets, the New York Jets. And I don't need anybody being like, well, they're not really New York. They're New Jersey. No shit, motherfuckers. <laughs> I know this, <laughs> but they're called the New York Jets. And it's at MedLife Stadium. We're going to be filming a bunch of things there. Boots on the ground. Watch this game. There's going to be some college football, I'm sure, on Friday. But college football isn't that great. Let's just be honest, right? If they were that good. They'd all be in the NFL. So let's watch the pros play, shall we? We have Miami versus New York. Sandwiches. What do you think, Chris Yang? Oh, man. Well, Miami, home to the Frita sandwich that I'm a big fan of. Lots of Cubanos. But, man, New York's... I don't know that there's any town in America that can beat New York on a good day at the sandwich department. You know, when we were doing the, the... Looking at the schedule for the upcoming season back in August... Uh, we're trying to keep our uh, partnership and all the things that we're going to do with Amazon under wraps. We, we circled this game. Clearly, it was Black Friday, but we, we saw that this was going to be a pivotal battle, right? And, and, and our algorithm was going to have its real test set out for itself. This is going to be difficult. And I just learned yesterday from uh, somebody that works at the MGM that, you know, whose parents ran a Cuban bakery, that their bread is is folded in with lard, Cuban bread. Did you know that? Is made with lard? Yeah. I knew a lot of, uh, of, of paste. Yeah, yeah. I mean, or, or, or vegetable shortening, but yeah, lard. Delicious. You know what? You know what this person said? Three generations of baking bread and making Cubano sandwiches. <laughs> I thought you were going to say, has never had one. <laughs> he said another sandwich. Uh, I can't remember the name, but it's basically just like a ham and cheese Melt like a grilled cheese. That's her. The preferred one. Yeah, that's it. And 
again, I'm going to stand by it. And I'm sure people are going to be like, yeah, you fucking never had yeah, Whatever. I'm not saying it's not good. And I mean, in fact, John Favreau and Roy Choi just opened up a chef Cubano truck at the park MGM. And I'll gladly eat it. I'm just saying that when I judge a worst, like a lower quality Cubano sandwich, it's not as good as like a lower end pastrami sandwich or a lower end Reuben sandwich or anything else that I can get in New York. Right. And my biggest gripe with the Cubano sandwich is the consistency of the roast pork. I, give me too I, dry. I think the, um, I feel that way about the Cubano. The Cubano is not, I even think the ceiling on a Cubano is low, <laughs> generally speaking. So just, but, just, a, just a reminder, Chris, that we have to give a reminder to people. Chris, does this mean that we hate Cuban food? Yes, totally. We hate Cuban food and anybody who likes it. No. Does does, does this mean that we hate the people of Cuba? <laughs> I fucking hope not. Because <laughs> that's not what we said. Does this mean that we hate South Beach? <laughs> no, sir. No, sir. This is, an, uh, this is just an opinion about a specific topic. Does it mean that we don't know jack shit about fucking Cuban food? Yes. Yes, yeah. it does mean that. Yeah. <laughs> but it also means that if you have a fucking strong opinion about this, then you need to settle the fuck down. <laughs> Is there anything to be said for this, though? In the sandwich department, before we hand this to New York, I'm not, I'm not saying you can get a people New get York. Worked, people get so worked about a Cubano, man. It is a fucking thing. I understand, but... Listen, if you put a Cubano in front of me and a, in a, a Katz's pastrami sandwich, I'm going to pick the Katz's 10 out of 10 times. I don't, well, I don't care what you're saying. Katz's is amazing. One of the best restaurant iconoclastic institutions. We're not even talking about all the other delicious sandwiches, right? We could theoretically, right? On any given day, the, the algorithm would tell us the Cubano is better than a, the best pastrami sandwich. In, in in the event of that game, right? Well, let's give let's give Miami the Cubano over the Pastrami. Let's just let's just give it to them, okay? Let's, That's only let's one sat- player on yeah, the defense. Yeah, though. exactly. Let's satisfy that extreme splinter group of Cubanos wearing their Viking hats. You know, fans, right? We'll grant the, you, yeah. for the sake of argument, that the Cubano is better than the Pastrami sandwich. Yeah. How, are you happy? You you know you 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 crazy zealots of Cubano culture, you win. We're giving it to you. Just take it because you're going to lose everywhere else. <laughs> and yeah, I don't even need they, to go into the murderers row of NYC yeah. slash New Jersey. Sandwiches. That's some it's some Legion of Boom shit there. It like, is just four solid solid players in the secondary. I mean, it's like the JV squad of New York City sandwiches. <laughs> Is going to fucking skunk Miami. This is facts. All right. So New York is the sandwich capital. Remains undefeated in the category. But I will sandwich. say this: without blowing too too much, I don't want to blow too much smoke up New York's ass. Best pastrami in America's Langers. Don't at me on that. <laughs> I love you, Katzes. I do. You know it. But but man, Langers is. If I had to choose between the two, I'm going Langers, baby, all the way. All right. Steakhouse. This is another. It's another one. 
New York is New York is the the capital. Do we even have to talk about this? Lugers and Keens, come on. That's 2-0. 2-0 to the Jets. For those that are saying, but, 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 or <laughs> you don't know that uh, Miami's got. <laughs> yeah, you're not even bringing a knife to the gunfight. You're not even bringing a knife. Just sit down. Do yourself a favor. Sit down. You brought a sports I, pre- I appreciate the gusto. I appreciate the, the 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 passion to defend the steakhouse culture in Miami, South Beach. But let's let's be let's be real here, right? We're talking about like Toronto FC versus Real Madrid. It doesn't even make sense. Oh, for or let me be, better yet, Inter Miami versus Real Madrid. <laughs> All right, that's two zero. If New York manages to take any of the next three categories, I mean, if New York, yeah, if New York managed to take any of the next three categories. Well, I, I'm just going to give special teams to Miami. Just take it. Hot right? sauces. Taylor's hot sauce, Peruvian hot sauce, delicious. I'm not even going to say like Momofuku chili crunch because I have to recuse myself on stuff like that or Queen Majesty's hot sauce or the. Like many, 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 many kinds of hot sauces. We even have a store called that sells hot sauce, Hedonist. We're just going to give it to you, Miami. Take it. It's like punting on uh, on on free throws in rotisserie basketball. Just take, just take special teams, Miami. <laughs> okay. Will Will New York come to regret this gift of special teams to Miami? We're going to sweets. New York doesn't make a good cheesecake. <laughs> Even the namesake? You know what? If I had to list the worst cheesecakes in the world, <laughs> oh, that's a phrase. Like, if you had to list the best cheesecakes in the world, right, in terms of region, where's New York rank? Because I mean, if, many- if anybody ranks at number one, like, I think we got problems. Uh, this, this to me is a category for one reason and one reason only that is just a lock for Miami. And that is your favorite Thanksgiving dessert. Yeah, key lime pie. Like, let's not. We gotta. We gotta talk properly about cheesecake. You don't see Bon Appetit making New York style cheesecake. You know they don't. <laughs> they don't say like, I went to New York for two weeks and I developed this sick fucking New York cheesecake recipe. You know, you know, you don't see them like, I went to I went to Japan on a bullet train and I I developed this Japanese Tokyo style cheesecake. Check it out. You don't see that. I mean, can I be honest with you? I, I don't even really, I don't even know what a New York style cheesecake means. Yeah, it means dense. And, and a- it's not a Japanese style cheesecake. And it's not a, you know, a, a Basque cheesecake. The one that, I don't know how many food editors Good God. have created Good God. a Basque inspired <laughs> cheesecake. God. I didn't know so many people had ancestors that went to Spain in food media. It's fucking crazy. <laughs> Little known fact that if you trace much like Genghis Khan had like what one out of ten people is an ancestor of Genghis Khan. I didn't know that one hundred percent of food editors and writers and recipe creators are descendants of Basque country. I had no idea. (laughs) Key lime pie all day long, all day long. Miami, South Beach, you got it. So now we're two two. Drum roll, please. What do we got? We got seafood. We had. Stone Crabs, Joe Stone Crab House versus a city that happened to be built on oysters. 
And you have a city that is literally sinking into the ocean. I love Joe Stone. We've already done this with San Francisco versus New York. New York has Grand Central Oyster Bar, La Bernadette, Maison Premier. The list goes on and on. Cervo's, uh, another place where a lot of youngsters, youngsters go and old people that are trying to look cool go. Cervo's. <laughs> But from what I tell, from what I gather, is legitimately good. So, uh, what they've done, they, they honestly were like the first people to to, to actually trailblaze that area uh, with doing some like new cool shit. So, uh, good for them. And we have Strange Delight by our good friend Anoop is opening up in Fort Greene. It's going to be fantastic, a New Orleans style oyster bar. It's hands down New York S for seafood win. I'm giving you. Right now, the current uh, line is the Jets are four-point underdogs to the mighty Miami Dolphins. I'm going to flip that script. The Jets are going to win by four points. Zach Wilson. Wow. Zach Wilson. I'm going to give you the prediction right now. That not only the the Jets are going to win by four points, that I am going to make my... First ever Black Friday leftover sandwich for the headband-wearing motherfucker himself, that Brigham Young slinger, Zach Wilson. Zach Wilson. Zach Wilson. Listen, you laugh, but the fucking five S's don't lie. the, The algorithm is telling me that Zach Wilson is going to have one of the greatest games in NFL history on Black Friday. You listen to this. Future Dave has a, future me has not been wrong so far. <laughs> Just go to the tape. As sure as Max Verstappen's going to win the Las Vegas Grand Prix, Zach Wilson will be the player of the game for the first ever, the inaugural Black Friday football game. And Dave Chang will be handing him as a reward yeah. Yeah. a massive, a, mi- a mighty, mighty sandwich that honestly. Only a man of dignity and strength and courage like Thor and Thor's hammer will be able to wield. <laughs> and you're saying it's Zach Wilson. It's not going to be Sauce Gardner. No. Nope. It's going to be Zach Wilson. It's going to be Sauce. Player of the game. It's going to be Zach It's not going to be a defensive battle. It is going to no. be. It's going to be a it's gonna be shootout of epic proportions. It's going to make the OK Corral just fade into people's memory. <laughs> Never forgotten. Tua Tagovailoa and Zach Wilson will be trading touchdowns all game long. It's going to be must-watch. And not not only that, you know who, like, agrees with me? Richard Sherman, Andrew Whitworth, Tony Gonzalez, Ryan Fitzpatrick. They're on my team, too. They might not... they might not admit it tomorrow when you turn on the pregame show and give their predictions. They might not be willing to admit it publicly, but behind closed doors, they have said, for sure, Zach Wilson, MVP, shootout. What's the over-under on points? 80. <laughs> it's, a, it's a straight 80. It's a straight 80. Not even 80 and a half. Vegas is pushing for a lot of pushes here. It's 80 points 80, over 80 under. points. Yeah. Wow. I mean, uh, shit, I, I, I think the algorithm says could even go higher. <laughs> I mean, theoretically it could, but. Practically. This, you know, don't laugh. This algorithm is powered by AWS, man. <laughs> don't say that. I don't think AWS wants to be associated with this algorithm. 
Dude, Andy Jassy's on board. This is providing all... You've been watching the entire season on TNF. All of the quantitative stats have been coming from the five S's. So, dude, powered by AWS. If your business is in need of an algorithm that is correct about 20% of the time, (laughs) sign up for AWS. Uh, it's more than like 33% of the time. We'd be like a fucking all-star. We'd be <laughs> all-star in baseball. Yeah, we'd be in the fucking poorhouses betters. <laughs> Which is a good thing. It's Amazon. <laughs> All right, it's they Amazon. got deep pockets. We got deep pockets. We're good. We're playing with house money. <laughs> All right, there you have it. Jets by four in a shootout. <laughs> what, what is that? What is that score? If it's an 80 point over 100. 42-38. Yeah. 42-38. You heard it here first. Zach Wilson with six touchdowns. <laughs> Just we won't go. That sounds crazy. Let's get, let's get five touchdowns in one pick. Oh, six. that sounds crazy. It's a sauce gardener's gonna have a pick six. Yeah, five five TDs and a pick six. I take that to the bank. Yeah. Go downstairs right now and place that bet. Go downstairs and place that bet. I'm not laughing. I'm terrified. Put your money where your mouth is. Go downstairs. (laughs) Place that, Dave. Go ahead and place that. I'll place that bet. (laughs) Parlay. Parlay. Five TDs from Zach Wilson. Pick six from Sauce Gardner and an 80 point over. (laughs) This bet just bankrupted the MGM. (laughs) (laughs) MGM bets. Bankrupted. By the most ridiculous parlay bet of all time. It all comes down to the algorithm. All right, folks, uh, that's it. We're going to let Chris Yang leave since we've kept him on way too long. He's got a lot of stuff to do. We hope you guys have a very safe, awesome Thanksgiving. Uh, Really, really appreciate it. We are thankful for everybody, all jokes aside. We had a great time at F1. Thank you to MGM. Thank you to all the listeners. Thank you to, you know, everyone at Spotify, at The Ringer. We are thankful for all of you folks, even the people that criticize us all the time. We're thankful for you. And we're especially thankful for Logan Sargent. (laughs) (laughs) Who scored his first point a couple weeks ago. So no longer able to have something in common with Logan Sargent. (laughs) All right. Give us five stars. 